you're a California conservative, a libertarian, a moderate Democrat, believe in common sense, or just a sane person, this is the political podcast for you. It's the California Underground Podcast. What's going on? Good morning, everybody. Welcome to a new year. Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, 2022. It's going to be a big, crazy year. We're going to get to sort of the goals and resolutions that I have for myself um, for uh, 2022 and what I have planned going, coming up and a lot of other announcements coming up. And a lot of things coming down the pike. Very exciting. 2022. These are like my favorite years, these election years, because there's just so much to talk about. We got lucky last year because we had the recall and a whole bunch of stuff was going on. So there's a lot of talk about the recall. But this year, there's going to be a lot of stuff, even more, like exponentially way more than anything before. Um, This time, there's going to be, I mean, races up and down the state. We're talking about propositions. Election years in California, there's always so much to kind of look at and to really think about in terms of what's happening in our state and there's always so much material to dissect you know way down the line of course we're going to take start taking a look at each proposition maybe one day like every day coffee and california politics we'll take a look at like the propositions and we'll kind of talk about them and go through them and i'll give you my opinion about what i think about them some people have disagreed which is fine i'm glad there's people who have disagreed and and that's perfectly okay um that's the point of coffee and california politics is that we sit, we chat, we talk about coffee, or we talk about, well, we could talk about coffee. We talk about California politics and we talk about what's going on in the state. And it gives you this space where you can really uh, voice your opinions and feel like there's other people who want to talk about these issues along with you. Um, so in a couple of other announcements, big events coming up on the 21st. If you're here in San Diego, they're all going to be in San Diego because that's where I'm based out of. Um, first event that's coming up is the 21st. It's going to be the Tamika Hamilton event where we're going to be there. I'm co-hosting it with the San Diego Young Republicans. Uh, that's going to be a great event. It's going to be at the Flamingo Deck over in Mission Beach. I can't think of the time off the top of my head, but the flyer is on my page. So if you want to look at that, go right ahead. Um, also coming up right after that will be the 25th will be the first ever Calipublican event, which is going to be the first ever Calipublican meetup. Uh, where we kind of go over like what our ideas are, see what people think, what people are feeling for the new year, um, and what people really want to do coming up. And uh, that's sort of what the goal of the Cal Republican platform is going to be, is it's going to be separate from California Underground. It's going to be separate. It's going to be its own separate thing. Obviously, I'm going to be very heavily involved in it. There's other people who are going to be heavily involved in it as well. Um, But the idea is, I've railed on this show plenty of times about how bad the California GOP and the Republican Party is here in California, um, that it, it, it's it needs a fresh breath of air and it needs new direction. It needs new people who are going to, oh, my hair got a little out of proportion there. Uh, it's going to need a new direction. It's going to need a new platform. It's getting a new message because right now the California GOP, I think, is just it's really an empty shell of what it really can be. Um, it's not utilizing any sort of strategic, uh, messaging or platforms or reaching out to independents or reaching out to different uh, minority communities, whether it's Asian American or Latino communities. I feel like there's a lot of things that a Cal Republican platform can really get behind and get a lot of people supportive of just common sense solutions. And I don't want to just say, well, they're common sense solutions because they may not be common sense to a lot of people. They may disagree. 
but they may they're solutions that are specific to California. And that's really the biggest difference between why I want to focus so much on state politics this year. Specifically, I want to start reaching out to all those who are running. If you're a state legislature or running for state assembly or state senate, um, even if you're running for like county supervisor somewhere, I want to have you on the show. I want to have you on and I want to talk about what your plans are for 2022 and what makes you stand out, because that's really where the focus is this year that's and this is the year i think 2020 was you know we were still in the middle of covid there's a lot going on it was the trump election trump probably hurt a lot of down ballot uh republicans not gonna lie about that we're gonna talk about larry elder in a little, little bit and why he's not running and why i think that's a good thing um but trump probably hurt the 2020 down ballots but now it's the midterm and there's no trump on the ballot so now it's just basically Republicans versus Democrats, and you have now the news, the mainstream media, the corporate media is saying that all-time disapproval, it's an all-time record for, not all-time record, well, it's a high for President Biden when it comes to disapproval. So his disapproval ratings gets worse and worse, and more importantly, it's getting really, really bad amongst independents, and that's a big deal. That's a big deal if you are looking at the tea leaves independents swing elections and if you have a lot of independents across the country who are not happy with the way things are going under president biden they may show up at the ballot box and go okay well i'm going to vote for the other party and see what we can do you saw that in virginia you saw how there was a backlash you saw that in new jersey you saw how there was a backlash even though he didn't win it got a little close for a deep blue state to have a governor that close to being ousted in a deep blue state a democrat governor being ousted in a deep blue state. Um, so that's really the focus of what's going to happen in 2022. So that's the two events. There's the 21st, Tamika Hamilton show up. Uh, the 25th is going to be the Cal Republican event. It's going to be at a downtown San Diego place called Naughty Barrel. Um, it's one of my favorite places also because I'm a Giants fan. It's a Giants bar, but it's just a great place. They brew their own beer. It's got a game room. I think that's where we're going to be meeting is in the game room. going to be a fun event, just really kind of casual meeting with people and chatting with them. Um, so that's basically it. Obviously, all the stuff is still up in the in the merch store. Uh, the elites hate you stuff. Uh, the California California Underground mug, great for your coffee. Great for watching coffee in California politics. Um, bring it to work. People will say, "What is that mug?" You can explain to them, "Hey, you want to go to a place where people actually want to talk about solutions in California? You can go check out California Underground." Um, and obviously, anything you do supports this platform. It helps grow the platform. And keeps working towards increasing our message and what we're trying to accomplish here. So with that said, I think that's everything out of the way for right now. So let's get into the first topic I want to talk about today, which is sort of resolutions for 2022 that I think I should, I, I want to personally have. And then there's resolutions I think that like listeners should have and that they should kind of look at politically throughout the year. Um, I've already said it before. My first resolution is I want to interview a lot more state politicians and local politicians. So if you're out there and you are a local politician, if you're running for county supervisor, anything like that, I want to have you on the program because I want more people to realize these people are running, you know, and a lot of times we see these names on the ballot and we don't really understand it. And they're not a high profile race. We don't, they don't spend millions of dollars on these races, um, but they're important. They're so, so important that we need to think about this stuff. And I, I put out another tweet today um, that 
when all this is over, because eventually it will be over. I know a lot of people say, well, this will never be over and we'll, we'll never get past COVID and everything's going to be the same uh, forever. They, they've ushered in this new world order. Eventually it's going to be over because this is unsustainable because you're already seeing pushback. Another thing that we're going to talk about is sort of the soft mass mandate um, as well is are you going to be as engaged moving forward with all of this after after the masks are long gone, after the signage on your, your local grocery store comes down, after the restrictions are gone, after you see all the COVID testing sites are gone, and it's all in the rearview mirror. We're back to what it was pre-COVID. And the question is, are you going to be as engaged in this lo- in these local politics as you were right now? And a lot of people are very, very interested specifically because it's infringing on their rights and their liberties and it's affecting their lives. It's affecting their daily lives. And I think in an odd way, COVID definitely aligned with my original mission for why I started this platform, which was to get people to pay attention to local California politics. And right now, I think there's a lot of people who are really tuned into California politics, local down to the minute level of who's on their city council, who's their mayor, who's in the county supervisor boards, and even who's on their school board. Um, I was watching the local news today, KUSI, and they had someone on there talking about the possibility of closing schools down. And they're talking about, uh, is it going to stay open? Are we going to have to send kids back to virtual learning? Um, and the anchor made a point that, like, I hope people start to realize that they need to show up for these school board elections. And that the only way this stuff changes is you go to your school board. Um, that at the end of the day, this stuff affects you. If you have little kids and they're in a public school, if you haven't already moved to homeschooling or private school or parochial school, or like Catholic school or something like that. Um, if you're going to keep your kids in public school, that's fine. I mean, that's your decision. That's what you want to choose for your family. But you should make it a resolution that you're going to show up to these school board meetings. And a lot of people just kind of brushed them off before because their kid went to school. They showed up. They had their assignments and, and life went on and they figured, well, they're, my kids are doing great. They're, they're fine. Um, you know, they play sports. They have friends. Uh, you know, they're, I assume they're learning some things um, because, you know, last year they didn't know long division. And now this year they know long division. So I guess that shows that they're they're learning. Um, but it's even more important that you start to get involved and parents, and I think schools don't want parents involved as much as they, they, they kind of say they do. It's funny because before COVID, I feel like there's probably a lot of teachers who are like, oh, parents don't really care. They're not really involved. They need to get more involved in their children's learning. Now they're kind of like pushing back and being like, uh, now we don't want parents. Now they're domestic terrorists. If you show up to a school board meeting and you start to question the school board and be like, why are you doing these things? Um, but those are, that's just an example. That's an example of like moving forward, you have to know these things. And we've gone for so long with a kind of blissful ignorance um, that things are just kind of moving along. And this is the way things are. Nobody, you know, this is how it was when I was a kid. And that's how it, but now I think people are kind of zoned in. And I always think that's the really big thing thick silver lining to what happened in 2020 and what's going on now with COVID is that it's forced a lot of people to wake up and look at their government and say, oh, 
wait a second, something really, really foul and rotten is going on here. Um, so I need to pay attention to what my politicians or people who represent me are actually doing and are they abiding by what I want them to do or what I think they should be doing. You have that right. You have that right to show up to a public school school board meeting and make your voice heard and say, this is what I believe. Um, and that's, that's true for everything. That's true for your city council. It's true for county supervisor. And these are things a lot of people, I guess, didn't really find sexy or, or exciting to do, but now it's become all the rage. Now you see like down here in San Diego County, you see a lot of people who are showing up to these county supervisor meetings and they go for 10, 14 hours because a lot of people are showing up and making their voices heard. Um, but that's just a small example. Um, so that's my resolution. My first resolution is obviously focus almost zone in completely on state and local politics because outside of everything else, um, yeah, there are some colleagues I have who are running for federal government. I wish them all the best. I hope they run, uh, their, their, their work can inspire other politicians if they're flipping seats, um, which is fantastic. Uh, and that's great. And I, I wish them all the best. But in reality, things that are going on here in California have to be focused and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They have to be addressed through our state legislature. They have to be addressed through your county supervisors and they have to be addressed through every single local election. And you can see examples of it up and down the entire state. Uh, another example is I was reading a article for those of you who are in LA that the county sheriff of LA, Alex Villanueva, was doing a fantastic job up there. He's one of those uh, strong sheriffs in California who says he's not going to enforce mass mandates, he's not going to enforce vaccine mandates. Um, they were they were having a problem with Olvera Street, and if you don't know what Olvera Street is in Los Angeles, it's sort of like the uh, I compare it to like the old town here in San Diego where it's the original sort of LA where it kind of started like the first street where it started, but it's, it's very, it's a historical area. Um, there's a historical building there that you can kind of walk through and see what it was like to live in LA at the, the kind of the beginning of the wild west when people showed up. Um, but it's also a like Mexican cultural heritage spot in LA. Um, and they found that there was a lot of homeless people, kind of moving in and encamping in the Olvera street. And it got to the point where vendors were moving out. Restaurants were closed down. People weren't going there anymore. Basically Olvera street was dead because there was nothing there. So the sheriff of LA County took it upon himself. He took the, he took it personally because he grew up in that area. He remembers going there as a kid to go experience the history and culture of it. And he went in and cleaned it out. But that's another example of if you want that sort of law enforcement, you have to focus on who you elect as sheriff. Yes, sheriff is a position that you elect. Judges are a position that you elect. These are all positions that you elect and they have tiny. You may not see them all the time, but they have an effect on where you live and they have an effect on your local community. Um, so that's sort of my first real kind of resolution. I think that's a resolution for my listeners as well is that uh, stay laser focused this year on state and local politics. There's always a lot of noise about Congress. That's all the news. 
Congress and Senate, that's all fine and dandy. Obviously, you're going to vote for who you want in your congressional district. There's obviously the chance that we could flip a couple districts here in California. That's going to happen regardless. But really, it comes down to are you laser focused on the local stuff so that you can help those people? And that requires where you are to kind of get involved and say to inform people, because in a lot of these local races, it could be a difference of less than a thousand votes whether one person's in or one person's out. So uh, my second resolution for 2022 uh, is obviously with the Calipublican event is to get more involved in organizing and not just kind of sit on the sidelines and do a lot of commenting. And um, I think it's gotten to the point now where a lot of people really want to see some sort of action. I've talked to a bunch of people. I've had meetings with a bunch of people. Um, about this idea of organizing and using this platform to inform people of how to get organized and how to take action. Because a lot of this was before a lot of my commentary on, on local issues, on California state issues. That's what it really came down to is it just me kind of sitting here commenting, talking into a microphone, having my little podcast about three years ago that maybe 10 people listened to and nobody really cared about. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not saying all the whole world cares about it now, but I'm saying it's, it's much different now. Um, so my, my goal is to get more organized. My idea, my goal is to get organized and teach people how to get organized and help people get organized. Meaning if this platform has to be used to kind of amplify someone's voice, I'm open to it. Obviously I'm not just going to blindly promote every organization that comes to me. I'm going to kind of vet you out and stuff like that. But at the same time, I think it's important that we connect and that big platforms like this, um, and I'm not even that really big of a platform when you look at other platforms like Rooted Wings, who has like over almost 200,000 followers. uh, When you look at platforms like this, it really has to come down to organizing. It has to come down to how can we change things and take more action in the community. Um, And that's sort of where the whole Calipublican thing comes in. be involved in that, start that on a local level, see where that goes, see how many people are interested. If a lot of people are interested, then we sort of have something, we got the momentum and we can get going. Um, But there is a lot of opportunity, especially in 2022 and moving forward. There's a lot of people who I think want to see people organize and kind of step up and, and, and do that. And that's not to say that it's going to be all me alone or it's going to be someone like a, a you know, Brittany with rooted wings um, or a let them breathe or anything like that. What I'm saying is if you want to get involved in organizing, you want to get involved in how your, your local elections work or your local politics works. Um, I'm open. I always check my messages. I always check my messages a couple times a day. So my DMS are always open and I always try and have conversations with people not all the time. We don't always, always agree on everything. You know, it's not always just fun banter back and forth. Sometimes I have conversations with people who disagree with me and think that things are not the way they should be. And I, the one thing I always say is I respect your opinion and I respect your input. So thank you for doing that. Um, so organizing is going to be the one way. And I think we need to start working on the grassroots organizing, how we can start to organize around the state, how we can start to organize in different counties, different districts, and stuff like that, and really kind of make the inroads because it has to start somewhere. It's not going to happen overnight. Not going to be one big um, sort of 
I guess, big event that's going to change everything. Like a lot of people say, well, in 2020, they thought like California flipped red, but it was stolen. No, it didn't flip red. We got a long way to go before California flips red. I'm happy within the next five years. And I've said this before, progress to purple. We used to say that hashtag progress to purple that maybe in the next five to 10 years, maybe California becomes a purple state. And I think a lot of people would be ecstatic about a purple California where it's competitive. It's not necessarily a deep red state, but it's competitive and it's not so deep blue and stuff like that, that um, it's kind of a competitive state. I think a lot of people would take that every single election cycle rather than it's just a blue state and we're never going to win. So that's why I say hashtag progress to purple. Um, And I guess the last one is sort of more of a personal one, which is to connect more with and this goes along with the organizing is like connect more with different influencers and, and kind of use each other's platforms and work together to amplify messages and um, really kind of get the word out there. Because at the end of the day, it's not really about who gets the likes, who has more followers and stuff like that. If you really care about what you're doing, if you really care about making a difference, it's not about, Oh, I have a hundred thousand followers. Oh, I have 200,000 followers. Oh, I have that. You know, if, if that's what you're worried about, you're you're in this for the wrong reason if you're you're in this because you want to have a a great big following um and you're worried about the likes and stuff like that that's not why you're in this you're not doing it for the right reason it may be a byproduct of what you're doing if you're doing good work and you're putting out a lot of good content that people want to interact with and you grow your following that way that's absolutely that's commendable that's great that's how it should be done Um, but if your whole goal is, I want to just get as many people to follow me and get their data and stuff like that, that's, then you're not in this for the right reason. So banding together and sort of creating a influencer network where we're kind of working together, um, and amplifying a message. So I can amplify a message, but if I get three or four or five other accounts to do this together and work together, and that may mean more Instagram lives, that may mean more kind of collaborations. I think that's one way to do it, Um, especially here on Instagram. I think there's a great opportunity to kind of really get a lot of people involved um, and and really amplify that message. Uh, So that's what I think is important too, is that, and I've talked to a lot of these influencers who have bigger platforms than I do, and they're all in agreement that we need to work together and we need to kind of expand. You know, if we have one message, if something's really important and we're all kind of in lockstep over it, we should all be kind of pounding the same message and getting it out there and letting the people know, uh, you know, what's going on. Um, and so that's really my last resolution. Um, I already kind of said resolution for any of you, um, which is let's just focus on state politics. Let's just focus on the state and local stuff because that makes an enormous difference in where you live. Your day-to-day life won't really change with who is in Congress personally, like it may change if the Republicans control Congress, as opposed to if the Democrats control Congress, which is important, but your day to day life won't really change that much. And that's why these local races are so incredibly important to focus on and to get attention behind. And a lot of people always say to me, uh, well, you know, like that's, that's all well and good, but with the mail-in ballots and all of this, it's, it's already rigged. Like they're just going to, they're going to win anyway. So why even care? 
And my point to that is, is that if Democrats really controlled every single election, they would just, they just win every election. Like there wouldn't be a, a Republican elected to any sort of office from governor down to dog catcher. If that were the case, if Democrats controlled every election, they could win every election and doesn't matter, then that would be the case. But there are cases of seats being flipped. There are cases of congressional seats being flipped. Um, so just get that out of your mind. And it happens on a small basis, right? They don't have the resource as much as we like to think or some people like to think that, oh, there's this big conspiracy, there's this new world order, you know, all this QAnon, like deep state sort of stuff, and they control everything and we have to break the deep state. There's not as much as you think. It's not as, uh, it's less house of cards and more veep. And I think this administration, Biden administration is definitely approving that it's more like a comedy show than it is like a dramatic thriller. Um, And it starts with little seats. Because they can't focus on every single seat. You're talking about dozens and dozens of seats up for election every single year. They can't rig every single election, no matter what. Um, And that means that if you flip a county supervisor, and I always come back to this here in San Diego, if we flip one seat in the county supervisor board, all of a sudden it's 3-2 Republican. Whole different ballgame. Now it's a 3-2 majority of Republicans control the county rather than Democrats. That's one seat, right? And that has an enormous lasting impact. If you flip a couple more seats in the state Senate, I think it's like six seats in the state Senate. Now, all of a sudden, the Democratic supermajority is busted and they can't just ram things through and get through a lot of procedural things that they can kind of work around because they have a supermajority. And also, if you break one House if you break one chamber of legislature, supermajority, I mean, I want to break both of them. Believe me, that's my goal number one is I want to break the supermajority. You know, that's step one. Step two is I'll obviously take over one of the chambers. Step one is break the supermajority. Because even if you got a Republican governor in somehow, if you if somebody won who could get in and, and do something, it doesn't matter if they veto all day long, right? It doesn't matter if they veto all day long because it just goes back to legislature and they'll just override it anyway. But if you break one house, if you break one chamber, and that's six seats, right? Six seats that most people may not even pay attention to. You may not even know who your state senator is. But those are six seats that if you break the Democratic supermajority in the Senate, the state Senate, all of a sudden, you don't get that rubber stamp of voter approval to get past it, right? So these are the things we have to start thinking about is that incrementally, it's like a chess match. We have to go, you know, you move your paw in one space and you move your knight a couple spaces. And it's not not all at once. You don't play chess all at once where you just push all your things in and go checkmate. It's especially a state like this where you're we're down so much. It's you have to move incrementally one here, one there, couple here, couple there. Kind of think about your moves a little bit more strategically and where you can get the most bang for your buck. Um, so yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but that, that's sort of where I'm thinking is these are little things that make a difference. So a lot of people may try and find excuses and a lot of people may want to get out of it. And a lot of those people, you know what I say to them is like, well, if you think the elections are rigged and that Democrats are going to win forever, let me do you a favor. Stop thinking about politics, right? Just stop thinking about California politics. Do yourself a favor because you don't have to think about the stress of it. Just put it out of your mind. 
you know, don't even worry about it. Just, just go on with your life. Don't even worry about it. If you think there's no solving it, why would you worry about it and waste energy on it? Just don't even worry about it. Because at the end of the day, if you don't think there's a solution and that it's always going to be rigged, your life will be better off without thinking about politics because there's no reason to kind of fret over it. Um, so those are my resolutions. If you have any resolutions that you want to uh, add in or throw in, definitely throw them in the comments and I will share them. Um, the next topic I want to talk about is, oh, as always, if you have any other comments or stuff like that, obviously throw them in the com- uh, down in the comments. I'll get to as many as I possibly can. Um, it's been a couple of weeks, so I'm sure there's a lot of enthusiasm about people getting back on here. Um, so next topic that I want to kind of shift gears is Larry Elder not running for governor coming up in 2022. Um, someone says you need to help plant the seeds of what is that you want to see change here in California for the future. Absolutely. You have to start and it can start with one person and one person is, you know, you always hear that, that, that corny metaphor always starts with a spark, but it does. It really does start with one little spark. You know, it starts uh, with one person, you know, I see like reopen San Diego is on here. Reopen San Diego was started by a couple of women who are fantastic women, strong women who are fighters. um, And they got together and said, we want to do something. And now their organization has grown immensely because a couple of people got together and said, we want to do something. We want to be a part of, we want to be a part of change that we want to see here in California. And now they're, they're recognized all over San Diego County and they're, they're, they're taking on action. They're going to court. They're, they're really making a big difference. So there you go. Started with 12 people and now it's probably grown to an enormous amount. I don't know how many people are on your list or how many people. Now they're near 20,000 people. So that's that's what what that, that's what happens. It starts with a couple people and it may not happen overnight. You may not start something like just because I started the Calipublican Instagram and it's 90 people follow it right now. I'm not going to throw in the towel and go, oh, you know, only 90 people want to be a part of this Calipublican platform. I guess I guess we'll just throw in the towel. I guess that's sort of the end of it. Um no, that's, that's not what it comes down to. It's, it's, it has to start somewhere. If I had stopped two or three years ago with California underground, it would, you know, I would have never seen where it is today. It starts with just moving in the right direction. And sometimes it takes you believing. Sometimes it takes you believing in your cause more than anybody else until other people start to believe it with you. Um, and you kind of have to have that persistence to keep it going, even though you're not getting any traction. Uh, that's one of the hardest things is that you could be doing something day in and day out. I always like to tell the story. Now we're kind of getting off topic here, but um, around the time that I had released the infamous Major Williams video on Instagram, which sort of kind of picked up momentum and sort of got eyeballs to this account. I remember, I think literally the week before I was thinking to myself, why do I do this podcast? It's not growing. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to be a part of this. Like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, nobody really cares what I'm saying. And it's been at that point, I've been like, I think two years, uh, a couple of years, I've been doing it regularly for like every week. I was like, I was doing a podcast 
Um, I don't know if I had started Coffee in California Politics yet. Maybe I had just started it. Um, but before it was just me doing a weekly podcast, doing a couple posts on Instagram. Um, and I remember the week before that, I had thought to myself, you know, this is really just, this is, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I'm doing this. I think it's important for people to hear this stuff. And I think it's important that people really need to get on board. Um, I think there's a lot of people out there like me. Um, needless to say, the video was released off to the races. Here we are today. Um, but that's, that's just an example of like, if you're going to start something, you're going to be a part of something, it takes time and it doesn't hurt to ask for help. It doesn't hurt to have somebody reach out for help and ask for more people to come on board. Like, um, someone said to me the other day, it's one, sometimes it's important to know who's on the bus before you move the bus to a certain direction. And that's also important. Like who is kind of around you and who's helping you. Some people do it on their own. No one was helping me with California underground when I first started, but now there's a lot of people who want to be a part of it. And, and I appreciate them coming on and being a part of it. Um, so anyway, that's, that's really, yeah. Reopen nails it. Yes. Start where you are and grow slow. You gotta be persistent. And change slowly happens. Like Scott Pressler is another great example of a guy who was just kind of sitting in a coffee shop doing his thing with his little sign on his laptop and he got more and more attention. And then slowly he turned that attention into action. And then that action is now turned into a national movement. I don't even know if he has like a national organization. I think he's just, I think Scott Pressler just sort of like, he's just doing it. Like, I don't think he has like a pack or anything. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he has any sort of pack. Um, but he started small and it was just a guy who said, I'm just going to put this little thing on my laptop and it got more attention. And now look at Scott Pressler. He's making like huge change across the country. So if you want to be a part of something or you want to start something, just remember that you have to be persistent. And obviously if you're, if you want to come to me and say like, Hey, I got this idea and I want this organization, Great. Let's talk about it. Let's get you on the platform. We'll do a live or we'll do a podcast. We'll get your name out there and we'll, we'll, we'll do it. Um, but you know, and don't be afraid to reach out to other people. Don't be afraid to reach out to other platforms and be like, Hey, I got this. Can I hop on and, and discuss it? That's the only way we grow. That's the only way we get better. Um, so yeah, uh, I'd love to, I actually want to try and get in contact with Scott Pressler to see how he can give us some tips on the Cal Publican thing and see how we can change things around there with voter registration. Um, yeah. And you reach out to reopen San Diego as well. They're, they're great. There's a lot of great platforms out there. Um, you know, little bragging, but I think San Diego, we might have the bulk of like the really great, uh, influencers. Um, you know, we got a deep bench here in San Diego. That's all I'm going to say. We got Let Them Breathe. We got Reopen. We got Rooted Wings. We got Sean Fredrickson. We got, uh, I can never remember his, pronounce his last name, Louis Arito. Um, We got a lot of people here who are doing great things and kind of amplifying their voices. So, you know, San Diego, you know, dirt off your shoulder, brush that dirt off your shoulder because uh, we're doing it down here in San Diego. But that's fine. I think there's people who need to, if they want to do it in OC or in LA or whatever, Go right ahead. Um, just go for it. So anyway, um, the next topic I was going to talk about was Larry Elder. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised Orange County doesn't have 
more more kind of people maybe because orange county like they kind of take for granted where they are and they think like well nobody really needs to take any action because orange county has has sort of been conservative um i think with san diego it's a little bit different because we're kind of like veering from um you know we went from like we were more conservative and now we're kind of like tilting the other way so we're like we're trying to stop it before it gets too far we're like we see the writing on the wall and we're like we need to stop this now um so la needs help we're still speakeasy style la might be like an underground um la might be an underground kind of thing for a while but um that doesn't mean don't do anything because i'm sure there's a lot of people in la especially la county who are who would agree with you um oh thank you reopen thank you for your support um I keep trying to get to the Larry Elder thing, but we're all just kind of chatting now, which is fine. Actually, there's a couple questions, so I'm going to see real quick. Um, do, 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 do. Let's see. Oh, okay. Somebody asked, is this live on YouTube as well? Um, yeah. So there's always an audio version. I always say this pretty much every Coffee in California Politics. There's always an audio version of this uploaded as a podcast so if you want to like listen later on in the car stuff like that you don't have to feel like you're obligated to sit here and join us at 9 a.m um you can always listen later i've had a lot of people who say i want to tune in but I, i'm busy i'm at work or i'm dropping my kids off at the school or something like that um that's fine that's why i put it up as an audio so that you can listen to it it's a little bit different because you don't see the comments but you know i try and do my best to kind of work them in together um yeah, and Reopen just posted a whole bunch of great accounts to follow. If you don't follow them, those are all San Diego people, and they're awesome. So Larry Elder is not running for governor of California. And I will say this, I will say, whew, because nothing against Larry Elder. I saw him speak live. In fact, I think I live streamed it as well when he came down to San Diego. Not taking anything away from him. Obviously, he's a radio show host. He's a big personality. He's very charismatic. Um, oh, and fed up with Fletcher. Yeah, don't forget fed up with Fletcher. We got a lot of freedom fighters down here in San Diego. We're just we're we're busting at the seams, which is why, um, which is why I think we're Cal Republican can really start down here in San Diego and really kind of move. But that's a whole different subject. Um, Larry Elder not running for governor again. Whew, thank you. Um, he's not to take anything away from him. Very charismatic. Obviously he's a celebrity. Um, and he, you know, he's a great speaker. I saw him speak and, you know, I did say, wow, this guy has like the charisma to be a politician. He, he had the room wrapped around his fingers, which is very hard to do. It's very hard to get someone wrapped around you and get a whole room. And there's hundreds of people were there. I mean, the room was packed full of people to go see Larry Elder. Um, so not taking anything away from him as a personality and a celebrity, it's really not anything to do with Larry Elder himself or what he did. It's the fact that he became, and I will stand by this, um, and you can see it in the polls. It's almost an immediate uh, turnaround. So the polls back up my position, which is that when Larry Elder entered the race, the recall race, the whole thing changed. Now, before Larry Elder entered the race, it was close. It was a 45, 48 support of the recall 
which is in the margin of error. We don't really know. And then a lot of pollsters were kind of saying, this is sort of in the range of like where Gray Davis was, or actually it was worse than where Gray Davis was at that time before his recall. So a lot of people were writing doom and gloom that Newsom could actually be recalled. And there was a lot of enthusiasm um, that he, that there could possibly, there might be a chance that there's enough people who, that that the Democrat base was asleep. They don't really care, but there's enough people activated who can show up on that day. Cause all you needed was 51% to get rid of Newsom. Um, And there was just like, there was a sliver of hope and people could see that sliver of hope. The minute Larry Elder entered the race, everything changed because noodles figured out that he could turn Larry Elder into the Trump candidate, which, and I've said this before, and I'll say this again, I'll stand by it. Trump is toxic in California, right? Trump is toxic in California. The more you can distance yourself from Trump, the better. Um, I know there's a lot of people who still love Trump. Um, he still cracks me up every once in a while because the guy is just an entertainer. And I, I think of all the stuff he used to say. Um, but regardless, he's still toxic in California. He doesn't sell to independents. He doesn't do well amongst the groups that need to be won over. Not only that, he's such a polarizing figure. He galvanizes the Democratic base. He gets the Democratic base going and he gets the Democratic base up to vote against him. And it's not really they made him, it's not really like, they were voting for Newsom. They were voting against this idea of Trumpism. And Gavin Newsom ran on the idea of Trumpism. And every 30 seconds, I felt like I saw the same commercial. of Right in the first picture was Larry Elder standing there with Donald Trump. And they would show the pictures of January 6th. I think on one uh, podcast, we actually looked at it. And we went through the, the whole uh, ad and stuff like that. Um. And we showed that nothing of it, really what Gavin Newsom was purporting had nothing to do with California. Like the whole ad had nothing to do with California. It had to do with Trump. It had to do with January 6th. It had to do with everything on a national level. It had nothing to do with California specifically. It didn't talk about like what was Newsom doing so well that he needed to be reelected. It wasn't like, oh, we have an idea. Here's what Gavin Newsom did since he's been office and he's done X, Y, and Z. And we can stand by this and the facts support that. It was no. What what's Trump doing? Look over here. Look over here. Trump's doing something. It's January sixth, and it's scary. And oh my god, it's COVID. And you know, look at how many people died under Trump under COVID. Um, and that was the problem. That so it's not really personally Larry Elder, and maybe I think maybe he had some smart people close to him and said, look, if you run again, you're obviously very popular, but you're very popular with a very small part, small portion. I wouldn't say small portion. A good size of the the Republican electorate that will vehemently support you. Uh, but you will alienate a lot of independents and you'll alienate a lot of moderate Democrats who don't really want to be associated with that Trumpism. Um, so it's not really, um, it's not really anything to do with Larry Elder, him personally. Again, this is not like, I didn't like the guy. I think he was very charismatic, but him not running now opens the door and gets hopefully takes that Trumpist candidate out. Um, does it open the door? Hopefully not for John Cox. I'm sure John Cox will try and run again. Um, let's see what kind of crazy circus he rolls out this time. Him and the bear would have voted for the bear over John Cox. Um, but 
hopefully it opens the door for someone who can come in and kind of be that Republican who can win over the independents. Because that's what you need. You need the people, you need someone who can reach out to those independents and say, hey, look, I'm the better option than Gavin Newsom because of X, Y, and Z. And here are my solutions. Um, you know, Anthony Tremino, I know, has declared, uh, I think he's coming on to live sometime later this month. I don't remember specifically what day he's coming on. I'll have to double check, um, but I'm sure I'll post it. Um, Anthony Tremino, I know for sure, is running. Uh, the the whispers I'm hearing is that Kevin Faulkner is basically a 90% chance he's going to run again. Um, as for Kevin Kiley, the rumors I'm hearing is that Kevin Kiley is looking actively looking at running for Congress in his district. So I don't think governor is really in his, uh, in his sights this time. Um, so I don't know who else would run as far as like big names. I don't know who else would run in the Republican party. And that changes things. It changes things as to who gets the, through the primary and who gets the nomination and who gets the full support. But a lot of times I don't really know if that really helps anymore. I don't know if getting the California GOP endorsement really helps. It may just get all the power and backing of the state party behind you. Um, but we'll see. So I, I'm, you know, I, I was relieved when I, I heard that he is not going to run Larry Elder. He's not going to run again. Um, just because when it comes to, again, this idea of like this chess strategy, um, you heard John Cox is out. Thank God on that one too. John Cox has taken enough air and wasted enough. I feel bad for the guy. He's wasted enough of his money. I see how many millions of dollars he drops in his own campaign. Go, you probably could have done a lot with your millions of dollars and like started a, a pack or something and just changed California politics for the better with your millions of dollars and said you wasted it on your bad gubernatorial campaigns. Um, so with that, I don't really know if there's any outside of Kevin Faulkner and, and Anthony Tremino um, and Anthony Tremino. I wouldn't say they're on the same level of like Kevin Faulkner and Anthony Tremino. And I say that just by looking at like the, the results in the recall election. Like I think it was, Larry Elder was first and then way behind him at second. Um, oh, Major Williams, that's the big name. Major Williams is going to start running again. Well, you got to keep it going, I guess. You got to keep the grift going. Um, but I think Faulkner was next, far behind him. I mean, it wasn't close. It wasn't like it was like Larry Elder and then right behind him was Kevin Faulkner. But Kevin Faulkner was the second most GOP vote getter. And then I think it was like Kevin Kiley and stuff like that. And then way down was more Anthony Tremino. Um, again, nothing, I'm just going based off of numbers. Um, yeah, I guess major Williams is still at it. He has the office of major Williams where he just stole the presidential seal and put the office of major Williams around it. So, um, yeah, got to keep it going. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's where I really see where are the women, um, I don't know. I got an email from, I got a generic email from Jenny, uh, Ray LaRue. Uh, who is one, one of the smartest people I, I chatted with on this podcast, really knows her stuff, really fantastic, like really, really smart. Um, definitely someone who you sit down and chat with and go, she knows what she's talking about and she has the answers to it. That's for dang sure. Like she's not, she's not screwing around. Like she says, here are the facts and here's how I would address them. Um, I don't know if she's like gubernatorial level, um, I would say like maybe 
if I if I had her ear, I would say like you got a lot of support and you're very smart. Like, run for state assembly, get your voice in the legislature, get some experience there. A lot of people don't want to do that; they want to run for governor. But um, you know, there's a lot of things she could do, and she's a valuable player, and she's definitely something. Um, someone to keep your eye on. I don't I don't think she's done with politics. I think she is going to keep doing what she's doing. There were several other women. Um, there were some other woman I, I can't remember her name now um oh what's her name she did the make a california golden again i forget what her name was um uh she spoke at one of the the san diego convention she was very adamant but she was definitely very um sarah stevens yeah that's what her name was um caitlin jenner is running well i thought we were talking about the women are running um uh but yeah, I, I, I don't think she has the same level of notoriety as other people. So right now, I think the if I were being completely honest, I think that it's basically wide open for a Kevin Faulkner to run and kind of just dominate the entire field. He probably has the backing. Uh, well, I know he has the backing, that's for sure. Uh, being involved in San Diego politics, I know he has the backing. And I know he'll probably get the endorsements. And I know he'll get the support of the party and the assembly and the legislatures and stuff like that. Um, and it would be very, very hard to beat a Kevin Faulkner. Um, especially if Kevin Kiley's not running and John Cox is not running. Um, I don't really see any other big Republican names hopping in outside of Anthony Tremino, who could raise a, a bunch of money. I don't know. He could raise a whole bunch of money and make a play. You know, it's it's very early. I This is me right now on January 5th, 2022, saying I'm not sure, um, but there's still completely a chance that he could make a lot of noise and, and get people to pay attention to him. Um, all right. So we got about 10 minutes left. There was one more thing I wanted to chat about, but I completely forgot what I was going to chat about. Um, but that's what happens on these coffee and California politics. You know, the interaction kind of is great. I love interacting. So 10 minutes left. If you guys have any comments, questions, chats, observations, what are your resolutions for 2022 politically? Uh, what do you want to see happen in 2022? Uh, what are some goals, realistic goals? What are some realistic goals you want to see in 2022? What do you think about Larry Elder not running? Oh, the soft mask mandate. Okay. Well, while you guys do your comments, I'll kind of ramble on about the soft mask mandate and why I, I call it the soft mask mandate. Um, election integrity. Yeah, that's that's big. But again, that has to come down to local races and our legislature. Very important. But also, you know, sometimes you got to play the game. And, and right now, the game is sort of stuck. Uh, we're we supposed to have flying cars by now. We're always supposed to have flying cars. The Jetsons thought. Who's running against Fletcher? Uh, no one's declared yet. Um, this is his year. This would be his year. And I, I haven't heard any rumblings. Um, and, you know, I, I definitely have my ears to the ground when it comes to San Diego politics. Um, Gonzalez resigning. Uh, yeah. Gonzalez resigning is good because she's out of the assembly. Um, I'm sure somebody else will take her, her seat. Um, but it, it's not shocking. Like she, she was a union lackey her entire time in the assembly. And now she's just going to go work for the unions. So she just, she came home. She came home. She did her job in the assembly. She passed a lot of bills. She passed AB five, which helped the unions, um, so I know Reform California had filed an ethics complaint against Lorena Gonzalez 
uh, saying that if you were the chair of the appropriations committee, meaning every single bill has to come past your desk as the chair of the appropriations committee, if you voted on any of these bills that helped union labor while at the same time procuring, even if it was for a little bit, even if she was doing this and then she was also procuring employment with uh, the AFL CIO, that's an ethics violation. Now we'll see if anything comes of it. I don't know. Democrats obviously play by a different set of rules because who's going to hold them accountable? The attorney general of California, who is a far radical leftist, probably not. Um, so her resigning is, I guess, good because we get her out of the assembly and we get her out of legislature. She gets to go home and be a union lackey, which is what she always wants to do. Um, none of her arguments make any sense as to why she does what she does. Um, and if you call her out on stuff and you make a good point, she'll just tell you to go F off. So that's the classy classiness of Lorena Gonzalez, the bully, her and her, her husband, Nathan Fletcher. I don't know who's running against Nathan Fletcher. I haven't heard anybody who's running against Nathan Fletcher. Um, whoever is my advice to them would be, uh, you're probably going to face an uphill battle. Uh, you're going to have to get creative. Um, you're going to have to use different forms of communication, get your, your word out. Um, also, don't be afraid to take the gloves off. He's not a liked person and he's, he's a, he's a bully, you know, he's going to sling mud. So you might as well just get down in there and sling mud with him. Because if you try and stay above the fray and, and stuff like that, you might as well just go knock him out, drag him out and point out what a bully he is and just go all out and just say he's a bully. He doesn't care about the people, stuff like that. Just go after him. Like just no holds barred. That's what I say. Um, soft mass mandate. Why do I call it the soft mass mandate? Uh, because everywhere I've been in San Diego, no one is really enforcing the mass mandate. Um, I've been to Trader Joe's, I've been to Vons, I've been to Staples, I've been to, uh, the UPS store, I've been to church, I've been to, our gym is just flat out going, yeah, we're not doing it. So they, they don't even have a sign on the store. We're not, they're not even like pretending that they're trying. They're just like, no sign on the door. They're just like, whatever, come on in and, and work out. Um, so in reality, there's only been like a couple places that have really kind of pushed it, um, and required it. And most of the places don't really care. And I've been shopping and um, there's no one at the front door yelling at people to do it. There's nobody dedicated to chasing people down. Um, you know, I'll walk around Trader Joe's. People without masks will ask associates with masks for help. The associates will not kind of look at them and be like, um, they'll help them. And, you know, I've gone and I've checked out, had no problem, had wonderful conversations with the cashier without a mask on. Um, you know, just this last time I was at Trader Joe's, I bought this new seasoning. The guy said, Hey, you ever try this before? It's really good. I said, Oh no, you know, I'm putting it in, I'll try it later. Put it in some soup or something like that. He's like, Oh, you'll love it. And nothing. No, no, like, Oh, by the way, while next time you're here, can you make sure you put a mask on? So that's why I call it the soft mask mandate is because a lot of places just aren't enforcing it. Um, they just aren't enforcing it. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really care. Um, and I think that's a good sign that people are moving past this and it really takes just a couple people to really start something. Because if you go into a Trader Joe's and you see a good 15 to 20% of people not wearing masks, it may entice people to actually show up at these places um, and not do it. And 
20% turns into 30%. And then before you know it, it's 40 or 50% don't do it. Because these people are going to look at you and go, you know, they may have been enticed to go because they saw a sign on the door. But if they walk into a place and there's a whole bunch of people not wearing masks and no one's getting yelled at or thrown out of the store. Um, there's probably going to be a good amount of people who are just going to go, uh, well, I'm not going to wear it either. So it slowly, I think, changes the perception. And I think it changes the perception that they don't really have as much power as they think they do. And as long as the businesses don't enforce any of it, it really has absolutely no, no teeth. And I think I've said that before, like when it was first implemented, I didn't really see this having any teeth. And I don't think they really said that they were going to enforce it as much as they thought. I think it was the head of the California Department of Public Health. So, look, we don't really have an enforcement mechanism for this. It's basically the honor system. We're asking people to do this. Um, and once that happened, once he said, well, we don't have an enforcement mechanism, I think a lot of places were like, then we're just not going to do it. Like, so let's see some comments and a whole bunch of comments. Um, do, 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 do. Somebody said, people literally putting the signs up where I am and don't enforce. Yeah, I think people are just putting the sign up so that if somebody drives by, they can be like, yeah, I put a sign up and stuff like that. Like when I was in church, there wasn't a sign on the door. There were a lot of people wearing it, but there's a good amount of people who weren't wearing the mask. No one said anything. But on the way out, there was a little sign like on the way out, like as you were like picking up your program or something, it said like, you know, masks are required in the state of California until January 15th. Like, that's it. Like, you wouldn't see it coming in. You see it going out. So, uh, same here. No one says anything about having a mask on, which is always. Yeah. So, like, basically, I, you know, I was all worried about the mask mandate and kind of, like, pissed off about it because I was like, I don't want to go back to wearing these masks. Um, but, lo and behold, no one's really enforcing it. If I can go to my gym, I can go to Trader Joe's. I can go to all these places that I routinely go to multiple times a week. Um then I'm, I'm not, then to me, there is no mask mandate. There really is no mask mandate. It's kind of over. Um, and we'll see what happens on the 15th. Maybe they see that it's not really doing anything. Maybe Omicron will start to like drop off and people say, oh, look what we did. The mask worked. Uh, it's frustrating that they don't stand up and say, we aren't even going to put the sign up back up. Yeah. I mean, I, I understand. I mean, it's a half measure. The businesses, um, they don't want to be harassed by anybody and places i guess like trader joe's they might have had a corporate call where all of a sudden they say hey this is back and you know like put the sign up but in reality like don't get yourself in trouble like don't enforce it like we're not here to be the mass police i i wholeheartedly believe that's what happened is that a lot of these places had their regional calls with their managers and said look put the sign back up everyone's got to wear it. like your employees have to wear it unfortunately, but if like people come in without a mask on because they don't want to wear it, like don't get in their face and do anything like just let them shop and get out because we don't like, I don't think stores want to do this. I don't think stores want to be the police. I've decided if a business tells me to put on a mask, I will leave. There are plenty of places that will not harass me if I don't have a mask on. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's plenty of places. Oh, Petco too. That's another end where I went to go pick up uh, dog food. They didn't really care either. Had a nice conversation with the person again. It's always like you can walk in, but it's always like the the test is to me, the test is really, can you walk in 
get all your shopping done, get to the cashier, and then maybe have a pleasant conversation with the cashier and then walk out. Because that shows to me they don't really care. Like, yeah, I could walk around Trader Joe's and then if I get to the cashier, they're like, oh, sir, can you put a mask on? We're not going to let you check out unless you have a mask on. Then I know they're really enforcing it. But if they're just kind of letting you go and they're having a nice conversation, that's how you know they're not re- they don't really care. At Costco, they offered a muzzle and tried to say it was a mandate. My wife said, no, it's not. Have a nice day. There you go. Most businesses are not enforcing it, but I see a lot more people wearing them now. I'm usually the only younger person not wearing one in stores. Yeah, and Omicron has changed a lot of people's perception. A lot of people are kind of running around because the numbers are are big. But again, it's more contagious. A lot of people are getting it. Um, and they've started the whole testing craze all over again. They've sort of gone crazy with the testing and, and it's... Um, it's the whole, well, everyone should go get tested. But if you're asymptomatic, why are you rushing out to go get tested? Like, it means that you, if you're asymptomatic, it means your body's already, like, taking care of it. Um, but it's it's amazing how fast people change. Trajo's, Sprouts, Starbucks, Vons, Home Goods, all soft masks in the, in the stores do not enforce it. Yeah. And, and really, it, it, it's just like if there's a good 20%, 25% of people who just won't do it, and just walk into these stores and don't do it. And there's like a bunch of other, you know, a handful of other people, maybe five to 10 other people in these stores, not doing it. That shows you there's enough pushback that like, it's not going to really take hold. And that it's probably, even if they come down and say like, Oh, we're going to extend it. I think a lot of these places are still just going to do this soft mask mandate where it's really just a soft mask recommendation where they're like, uh, well, we kind of recommend you wear these masks because of Omicron and stuff like that. But a lot of places just aren't doing it uh, outside of like L.A. in the Bay Area, which I've heard people say in L.A. There's places that a lot of places that don't enforce any of this stuff. Everywhere in Sacramento I go, I don't wear a mask. I'm pretty much the only one most of the time in Costco. They enforce it, but don't care if we wear it looped on one ear. So you could walk in and do the chin diaper and no one really cares. I think businesses are putting up the signs as a formality. Yeah, I, I would absolutely agree. Yeah, I think they're putting them up as a formality. I don't think, um, I don't, I don't think they want to do it anymore. Um, just because we've gone so long, a lot of places have gone so long without it that all of a sudden to just be like, oh, we're doing it again. I think a lot of these businesses are like, yeah, no, we're not doing it again. We're 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 past this. I walk around without a mask and just smile every. And so I walk by so they can see a normal face and don't have to wear one. I try and like catch eyes with people at Trader Joe's, you know, like, you know, like if I see someone without a mask on, I'll just kind of catch eyes with it. Like, what's up? Just to give them the nod. Like, yeah, we're in this together, buddy. Like it's you and me. All the employees at rallies here in Fair Oaks are over it. Yep. Omicron is basically a cold. People act like they don't know how to get through a cold. Um, Yeah. Like I had the sniffles recently i didn't get tested so i don't know if i had anything but it had the earmarks of a cold that i've had i don't know dozens of times before where like it's your winter cold it's the cold that most people get in the winter because they're by especially me going from like san diego to the east coast like the change in temperature definitely shocked my system so i probably picked it up somewhere Um, especially in colder weather areas there's more chance of me catching it but it had the same earmarks of a basic cold. You know, you were, I went through my sore throat phase and the right nose. And then all of a sudden you woke up and your chest was congested. 
And then after that, it just went away. And that was basically the end of it. Um, and it, it followed the same exact path as um, as a normal cold. And then I think my dad got it as well. He kind of had the same exact symptoms I did after I left. And he tested for COVID just to be sure. My mom and get tested. And he was negative. So it was a cold. Or are we just in flu or cold season? It's, I think it's probably that. And the problem is when you have COVID where the, the symptoms are everything under the sun, uh, I mean, they can basically say, well, do you have this? Yeah. Do you have this? Well, it's got to be COVID. You got to go get that. You, like, you can't let, you can't list everything as a symptom of COVID. You can't be like, everything's a symptom of COVID. Uh, testing is just proving you're part of the club. It's almost like they want to have it and wear it as a badge of honor. Yeah, I mean, you see the the lines of people in New York City. People were waiting hours in New York City out in the freezing cold. And they were asymptomatic. Like, they were like, I'm, I'm just staying here to make sure I... Now, some people had a good reason. They're like, well, I have to go visit my family in Italy. So I have to get tested to get on a plane and go see my family in Italy. Yeah, fair enough. But if you're just someone who's like, I'm just going to go down and get a test, even though I'm asymptomatic, just because I want to go get a test. And even here in San Diego, there's lines and people are showing, it, it looks like 2020 all over again. There's people who are showing up and lining up all over again. Um, like it's 2020 and people are waiting in lines for hours to get tested. And it's like, are you all, do you all have symptoms or are you just showing up? Um, yeah, I see another person who had a cold over. If testing stops or slows down, they won't have data to scare you with. Uh, it's interesting now that they are now going to differentiate and make sure that they let the people know that there is a difference between being diagnosed with COVID or, or showing up at the hospital with COVID or because of COVID, which is, you know, conspiracy theory. A lot of people have been saying that for almost two years or for over a year because it hasn't been two years yet. Uh It'll be two years this early spring of March. Um, but now all of a sudden we're going to have people who are with COVID or because of COVID. And I think you're going to see all of a sudden the numbers are going to start to change rapidly because it's not going to be, oh, a thousand people showed up at the hospital. So we have a thousand more people at the hospital. They're also going to say, well, a thousand people 500 people showed up because of COVID and the other 500 tested positive. So they don't really have it. Now that number is a big difference. So uh, look for that to be sort of the push now. It's almost like as a, it, like as one whole thing, they just all of a sudden changed and we're like, yep, uh, we're all going to uh, report it differently now because that's, that's how we believe it should be done. Okay, but people have been saying that for like over a year now that that's how it should have been done all along. So the numbers will change. And I, I would foresee a lot of people predicting this will peak and start to head back down the next couple of weeks. I would say by the end of January, I think Omicron will probably be behind us. That's the problem in LA. It's been going no break since March of 2020. We've had like two weeks off now in time for signs to come off. Yeah, I feel bad for you guys in LA and Bay Area. It's, it's rough. The only place I see people complain about the people not wearing masks is on the Nextdoor app. <laughs> yeah. Nextdoor app cracks me up. I like jump on every once in a while and kind of see what people complain about and what they get in fights over. Um, and I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's 
probably going to be a bunch of people were like, I walked into Sprouts and there wasn't, there was like five people without masks on. And it was like, you're putting everyone at harm. Like we're all in this together. Um, except if you're unvaccinated, I want you to die. So like, we're not really all in this together. Don't worry. The new French variant. That's actually old. Uh, I saw that someone reported that and it was like from months ago, like Omicron hadn't even come out yet. And they were talking about the French variant. Um, yes, they have the next variant lined up to continue the fear. Uh, you know, I, I think there's a point, I think there's a threshold and I'm, I think they're really getting close to that threshold of, I think they're really getting close to that threshold of it's not going to work anymore where a lot of people are just over it. And if you're getting pretty substantial non-compliance here in California, Think about the rest of the country where there's probably no, not a lot of compliance. Um, at a certain point, there's only so much people will take. There's only so much people will, who will be like, you know, I did everything you asked me. I got double vaxxed. I did all that stuff. And now you're telling me to get another shot and put the mask back on. Like, no, I'm over it. I'm done. I'm moving on with my life. Like, goodbye. Like, and I think there's a, there's a threshold and I think you can't keep this going forever Otherwise, you're going to lose faith. And also, when you're President Biden, you campaigned on crushing the virus and the virus keeps going forever and ever and ever. So really, people are going to go like, so you didn't have a plan to crush the virus? You never had a plan? And then he comes out and says, it's a federal solution. I, I don't, you don't have a plan. It's just all the states. Oh, okay. Then why did we elect you? Because you said you had a plan to crush the virus, but now you're basically washing your hands of it and going, I don't have a plan. It's, it's not a federal solution. I don't understand why people are still testing with the test. Don't <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell me what's the point to get tested just for someone to tell you you're sick. We can't do anything there. Um, do, 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 do. There's a difference between COVID symptoms and actual virus. I had the same winter cold symptoms and didn't get tested. I didn't see the point. I just rested. And now I'm on the tail end with the cough. Yeah. I'm in Maxine Waters neighborhood right now. Oof. That's a, that's a rough neighborhood. Um, it's so bad almost everywhere in LA. Uh, do, 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 do. They told me my boyfriend had COVID, sent him home and said, take vitamins, ibuprofen, stay hydrated. His fever was 104. They didn't care. Hmm. That's what they're doing. They're sending people home, really. Uh, same here on day three of an old fashioned cold. What would change if I got tested? Yeah, that was my point as well. Is like, I was like, well, what does it change? Like, I'm sick, so like there's really nothing that's gonna change. Like I'm I don't feel well. So running out and getting tested wasn't gonna change anything. Uh the French variant does come with croissants, and it also comes with a uh heavy dose of European condescension where they look it down on you, even though America's had to save your butt from the Germans twice in the past one hundred years. Uh, I think that the, well, yeah, they'll milk it for everything they can until they start to see the polls change in favor. Cause remember the one constant, the one constant that you can always fall back on that is irrefutable is that people in public office fear one thing, losing power. And if they see that they have a sliver of losing power or a chance of losing power, they'll change their whole attitude, their whole platform, because they don't want to lose power. That's the one constant always. You can apply that to basically almost every politician is that if they fear that they're going to be voted out or not reelected or that they're going to lose power, they will ultimately change their their position. So 
Uh, I was wondering if Newsom would try to put us back on lockdown. No, nah, I don't think so. Especially not in a election year. I don't. He's going to tightrope what he has to do. Um, he's going to have to tightrope what he has to do this year. He's not going to go full leftist statist because that's going to piss a lot of people off. Um, so I don't think he's going to lock down again. I don't think he has. I think the mass mandate, the soft mass mandate was the best he can do. And maybe the vaccine mandate of healthcare workers, which will probably be tied up in court anyway, like every vaccine mandate. Um, but outside of that, I don't really know what else he can do. I honestly only go on next door just to laugh. I know that's probably, <laughs> it's funny. Um, yeah, he won't lock us down in an election year. I don't think. Uh, but, 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 okay, let's finish up. Uh, no, 5G, I think, is delayed because of the airlines. It was recently Super Sig went to get a home test, came out positive. It was rough. Yeah, there's some people, it, it sucked. Like, I, you know, in 2020, I had come back from the East Coast and I got, I had something I never had before, which was immediate fever, um, no appetite, didn't want to eat anything, um, you know, nothing tasted good. I would, I would get a, like a burrito with the hottest salsa you could put on it. No taste whatsoever. Um, and then I was sick for like three weeks. I was tired. I couldn't breathe. I was coughing up a lung. I wholeheartedly believe I had COVID before COVID was like, you know, in the ultimate hipster way. I think I had COVID before it was like cool to have COVID. Um, but it, it sucks. Like if that, if that was COVID, it's not fun. What's your thought about business continuing with vaccine mandates and testing for unvaccinated, but yet those that are sick of the video, will they change their approach? Some places are going to double down. You know, there's some places that they're not going to admit that they're wrong because if they admit that they're wrong, that's a stain on their political career. So that's, that's why a lot of these politicians are just plowing ahead because they don't want to admit that they're wrong. Uh, it's pronounced croissant. People tested in my virus school. Um, but, 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 but. All right, a couple more. Yeah, there were about any no 5G. Uh, no, I, I think the only thing that I know about 5G is that they're not rolling it out because of the airlines. The airlines are like, it's going to screw up our systems and all that stuff. So anyway, let's see. I'm going to finish up a couple questions here in Los Angeles. Do we have to wear a mask or is this based on the county we live in? It's your local county. It's whoever is really kind of enforcing it. But mob mentality is strong. So if you live in a county where it's very prevalent and it's been very prevalent, there's a good chance that people are going to make you wear it. But if you're in a place where they're not going to make you wear it, people don't really care. It's really county by county base. So, I mean, do you have to wear a mask? I mean, you could walk in anywhere without a mask on. It's a question of whether or not you'll get any pushback. Could you feel the burn from the salsa, but not the taste? I couldn't feel anything. I can literally taste it. It was like bland. It was like just eating mush. Um, okay. So, uh, that's it for today. Good conversation. A little bit over, a little bit, 15 minutes over usual. Um, but it is the first one of the year and we haven't been on for two weeks. So it's good to be back. Uh, tomorrow night, we're going to be doing a podcast, uh, all about our predictions for 2022, what we predict is going to happen. So it's not necessarily resolutions, what 
what we believe is going to happen in 2022 with this election year. Um, should be a fun, I think I'm trying to make it like a roundtable discussion. Um, so that will be at 8 p.m. live on YouTube. As always, it's uh, 9 a.m., uh, 8 p.m. live on YouTube. Uh, subscribe over on YouTube. Make sure you hit the bell so you get the notification of when we're going live and stuff like that when there's a new new video that goes up. Um, and as always, Coffee in California Politics every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. There's the audio podcast that comes out later in the day. So if you tuned in and you couldn't listen and you want to continue or you hopped in late and you want to hear what I was talking about before, you can always go listen to the audio podcast. And the link for the audio podcast is in my bio, so you can always check that out. Um, thank you to everyone who supported with the badges today, all that stuff. Um, good to be back, and let's go. Let's go 2022. It's gonna. I feel it. I, I feel it. I feel like 22. There's gonna be a big, big change. I think lots of things are gonna, lots of good things are gonna happen in 2022. I feel it. I feel like something's, things are changing. I think we're we're at the corner and we're turning around, and hopefully, um, we're heading in the right direction. I feel it. I feel like we're we're. This is the year of action. So. With that, I'll chat with all you guys later. Peace. for listening to another episode of California Underground. If you like what you heard, remember to subscribe, like, and review it, and follow California Underground on social media for updates as to when new episodes are available. 